Hey there, Earthlings. Thanks for tuning in to the Barardo Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Barardo, where we talk about health, happiness, and anything else that's important to us humans. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the podcast by visiting thebarardo.com or just click the little subscribe button wherever you're listening to the podcast. And be sure to check out my Instagram at thebarardo for all the latest videos and content. Thanks so much and enjoy the episode. It's just, just funny. It's, it's funny. You know, the way you tell the story and everything. Funny how. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, what is going on? Uh, thanks for tuning in to yet again another episode of the Barato Podcast. Today's a fun episode. I mean, I say that with most of my episodes, as you know, but that's because most of them are fun. This individual I've actually had on uh, the podcast before, uh, Nick Hobner, I think was on, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. We talked about body, mind, soul, kind of all connecting. And uh, this week we want to dive deep into solely ayahuasca. This guy has been on a lot of tours, a lot of ayahuasca trips. I wanted to get to know kind of the whole process and the benefits and the negatives, if any, and you know all that stuff. So I think you'll enjoy this, um, even if you're not into that type of thing. It was a really interesting conversation. So I hope you guys uh, get a kick out of this. But you know, I couldn't do any of my podcasts without the help of Ecamm Live, uh, and that is today's sponsor, Ecamm Live. Uh, people that just want to create videos, do live streaming, gaming. I mean, you name it, Ecamm has it. And all the production capabilities that you see on YouTube or in my video clips through Reels or TikToks, it's all done through Ecamm. Everything from the overlays to the fonts, the works. Check out the episode notes. They're giving away a 14-day free trial that you can give it a shot. And I, I guarantee you won't find anything like it. But if you do live streaming, you can actually stream to multiple platforms. So if you go live on Facebook, you can also go live on YouTube, Twitter, LinkedIn, Restream, everything simultaneously. Then when you get done recording, it saves to a folder of your choosing and then boom, it's done. Everything's already set up. You don't have to like re-edit it or anything because it's already saved. I can actually interview people virtually through Ecamm Live. You send them a link just like you do with Zoom. They click it, they join. And then when it gets done recording, it records their video and their audio. That way I have everything in that folder saved. Check out Ecamm Live. You can uh, do the free trial down in the episode notes below and visit Ecamm Live. Okay, without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Everyone, please help me welcome Mr. Nick Hopner. Absolutely. Um, I think we're, uh, we're looking good. We're sounding good. My mustache is looking a little crazy right now. Dude, you know who you look like? You remind me of, um, it's going to kill me. Hugh Jackman played that. Yes. Oh, okay. Was it Illusionist <laughs> or the other one? I know it was like. There's the Illusionist and then there's no. there's that one where he killed, he like murders himself multiple times to do the trick. Yeah. And that was good too. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah. Okay. So for people that don't, we're recording by the way. Um, So for people that didn't listen to the last episode, which I think we were maybe like three or four episodes ago. Um, mm-hmm. For people that want to check it out, it's Body, Mind, and Soul was the name of the episode. I think it was like 160 or something like that. But we we talked about kind of all-encompassing, um, you know, vegan diet, uh, eating healthier, taking care of your body, your mind, not just necessarily working out, but just overall kind of taking care of, you know, mentally and physically. And th- this episode <laughs> was deserves, I think, an entire episode, which... We wanted to do it on the last one, but then we're like, fuck it, let's just, let's do it. And this is all about ayahuasca. 
Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to let you kind of take the reins, but in terms of the, the reason why it's fascinating to me about this whole thing, which, you know, back in the day I've done, you know, tons of stupid drugs and things that weren't really beneficial to me. And in terms of long, long longevity, they were very beneficial at the time because they got me high as hell. But I never saw like kind of long term that drugs could be good for us is a bad terminology. I'm trying to think of the right word. I think drugs as a whole, depending on what it is, like you look at what they're doing with mushrooms and microdosing, right? Uh, for and vets in general that have like PTSD and you know, there's tons of great benefits when it comes to that. Even there's a lot of studies with uh, MDMA and, um, you know, marijuana. There's there's tons of great benefits to uh, cerebral palsy and um, Crohn's disease, which I have as well, which I have a lot of autoimmune disease. So that, there's a lot of benefits. And I think as the years go on and as we're getting smarter and smarter and there's more studies that come out, we're finding that drugs when used the right way and not cut up with baking soda and baby laxative are really good for us. And... <laughs> As, so I want you to speak a little bit to that if you're familiar, if you know, you're passionate about that topic, but also to, mm-hmm. I wanted to get your opinion on other things that you've tried or thought about. And then mainly, obviously, I want to talk about ayahuasca because that's what fascinates me the most, I think, is I think 20, 30 years ago, even though this these ayahuasca has been around thousands of years, but 20, 30 years ago to have this conversation on the internet would be fucking blasphemy, would be... <sighs> Yeah. Like the craziest thing ever. And we're starting to realize the more and more people that talk about it and do it, there's so many great benefits. And we're learning more, you know, with that than we are looking at the James Webb telescope, mm-hmm. which is kind of radical. So I, I wanted you to kind of talk about this. I'll, I'll let you kind of get in because I'm geeking out a little bit about it, but I want to hear about it. And I'm I curious. Love it. So, yeah, the, the first thing that comes to mind when you're sharing there is make is we need to transition from kind of chunking everything that's a psychedelic or, or produces some sort of perception beyond our current everyday normal perception, what everyone's used to. We need to create distinction because a lot of people will just kind of say drugs, right? And, and you pointed out a clear thing, like there's drugs and then there's whatever these are. And with ayahuasca specifically, it's called in the Amazon's called la medicina it's medicine it's you know it's not a you know a drug it's not used in that form either it's used as a medicine for the mind a medicine for the psyche for the body for the soul and so a lot of these other substances that come from plants or mushrooms um, like psilocybin um, and marijuana for example in its natural form it can be a medicine in also the right the setting and the environment and with possibly a shaman uh, for ayahuasca, we'll get into that. Always a shaman, always a curandero, ayahuasquero. But with other medicines, like if you're using marijuana, you can also produce incredible ceremonies with marijuana alone. In fact, Hmm. I'll, I'll share a little story about that and then we can continue forward. But interestingly, before my first ceremony with ayahuasca, I had never really done anything. I, I maybe had marijuana twice in my life. Didn't like it. It made me feel weird. And <laughs> the fact that you call it marijuana, that just goes to show. Right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like I wasn't, you know, yeah. I wasn't smoking pot. wasn't, yeah. you know, doing all those things. Right. So I didn't, and, I was very and ignorant. I, 
and, and okay. sorry if I may. So go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Was that just because you weren't like surrounded with people that were typically doing that, or it just didn't interest interest you at the time? Because it's curious to. I always talk to people that have done ayahuasca before, and they've. It's kind of like fifty fifty. Some of them have never done anything before, or they've done everything, and they're like, "Why not ayahuasca?" Because you made quite a big jump. So yeah. why why not? try those other stuff, you know, try that other stuff beforehand. Was that just not interesting you or? Yeah, it just wasn't something that I was surrounded about or surrounded with right. and, like in abundance. I mean, thinking back on it, I probably was actually like a lot of more people than I thought were actually, right. you know, they, they could acquire it, but it was a lot more secretive then too, because sure. there, you didn't want to get caught and right. whatever. For example, like my, my sister, like she could acquire it very easily. Right. So Clearly, like I could have, I just, yeah, I wasn't super interested. And then the couple of times that I did try some, I just, it made me feel super weird and I didn't yeah. actually enjoy the experience. Um, yeah, it is kind of funky. I, I've had some, some bad experiences, even with just, pop. Yeah. yeah, it's just, it's weird. And you know, it's, it's one of those things too, that it's an easy drug to manipulate. Yeah, You know, um, it, it's not like back in the day in the sixties where every single batch of cocaine was great. And every single, like <laughs> yeah. every single pot plant was fantastic. I mean, yeah. over the years, just like a lot of stuff, just like our food and our nutrition, shit gets watered down. You know, the more mm -hmm. hands go into the cookie jar, the less cookies there are, right? And they have to start replacing yeah. it with bullshit cookies. So, yeah, and it gets more synthetic and, sure. and just like the, the, effect, more of it. the effect isn't quite the same. Like, for example, right. edibles. Um, I, you know, I live in California. As soon as I moved from Florida to California, um, you know, it's like, it's everywhere. So you're like, cool, man. You're just yeah. like, you go to a store and it's like a candy store. And so, <laughs> so I did experiment quite a bit more with edibles and marijuana when I arrived here in California, but at the same time, like that effect isn't the same. Like they put all this, you read the packaging, it's all this artificial BS. It's ex extracts of DH Delta, you know, Delta nine, Delta eight, it's all weird stuff. And it makes you, I remember the difference between like smoking some just pure bud right. <laughs> like pure like it came straight from plant nothing right. manipulated and the feeling there like actually you know made me feel you Epic. know good my body felt good i felt high in my head and you were in control but, um, too, right a little bit more whereas right. the, like this extract stuff that people are getting now mm -hmm. it like clouds your head it makes you feel like crap even you wake up in the morning you can have like you know, weird hangover. So like these things, okay. these synthetics and getting it back to that conversation, actually. So I was talking about ayahuasca, which comes from plants. It's not extracted. It's, you know, an actual brew, marijuana in many different forms, like pure forms. And then psilocybin coming, not extracted in some kind of, you know, chemical way, but actual, you know, the actual substance is very different than MDMA or LSD or these things. And in many cases, I've actually gotten to meet a lot of people over the years. I've been going to ayahuasca ceremonies for over nine years now. And so I've, I'm very experienced in that world at this point in my life. And I've talked to a lot of people, like you said, some people who have never done anything in their entire life and they come there and they have great experience. Then there's the people who are the, uh, what do they call it? The, not psychonauts, but you know, the people who are just like everything. <laughs> Oh yeah, in their life the, is about the, yeah. experimenting with every single drug they possibly can. 
Right. And um, <laughs> a lot of those people have fried their system to such a degree that they're unable to experience certain degrees of higher states of consciousness. And so it's really important if, you know, if somebody's listening to this and they're doing that and they're trying to explore consciousness in that way, but they're hooked on it to a degree that they, they don't use natural methods like meditation or deep reflection or um, literally just doing certain yoga poses. There's a lot of ways to get high, right? Like doing, you know, having substances in your system isn't the only way. It should be used as a as an enhancer, not as a dependent thing. If you're dependent on something external from you, then you're then you're not doing the actual internal work to mm. raise your consciousness to a degree that you experience life in a different way. So and just on that point, so are, are you familiar with the the way the the way the brain communicates with the body when it hits when certain drugs hit? So for example, like you you talk about something like edibles or um or uh, yeah. mushrooms or, or something like that. The whole idea behind it is that this chemical that is in these drugs goes to the brain and then your brain reacts. The brain is the, the brain's the drug, right? The, the actual drug is just the defibrillator, so to speak, going to the brain. So to mm -hmm. your point earlier about yoga positions and things like that, you can get that same feeling of being high because you put your brain in that state without the drug, because most of the, yeah. Most of the drugs that, you know, like dopamine is a good example, right? Because you get that dopamine hit every time you look at your phone, right? Our, our body and our brain can produce these certain chemicals that get us high and get us fucked up. And adrenaline is another good example of that hormone. So there's, there's ways that your brain is a lot more powerful than you think. So do you have any knowledge in that? Can you speak to certain drugs and certain things that we can get to? Or can we get to that later? So there's two things that come to mind. First thing is... Um, and I don't know all the science of like the scientific names or anything, but I do know that the human system has receptors in it for certain chemicals within, I call them chemicals, but you know, the natural actual chemical in marijuana. So we actually have those receptors. And again, I don't know the scientific name there. Psilocybin also not suit. Again, I haven't done anything with psilocybin myself personally. I'm not closed off to it, but I just, it wasn't uh, my choice of medicine. Yeah. You've been busy doing other stuff. <laughs> I've been busy doing other things. So with ayahuasca, one of the interesting things is, and this isn't, we can get into the science of this because I know this much better. Um, a lot of people think that DMT, mm -hmm. it, dimethyltryptamine, is the primary cause of the psychedelic experience. However, the primary cause is the human system, like you were saying. Mm -hmm. For example, I've, um, and there's actually, um, tobacco, you know, tobaqueros in, in the Amazon, all they do is use tobacco as their medicine. That's how they heal people. That's how they go into altered states of consciousness. People wouldn't think that here in America where tobacco is hated so much in this, you know, and that's because of how it was manipulated in the cigarette industry, et cetera. All the chemicals and shit. But tobacco is a powerful medicine and, and among many indigenous tribes in the amazon even here in the united states it's looked at and revered as a you know a father a strong father medicine and it mm -hmm. is if used properly and with respect actually can also cause like i've had myself very powerful visionary experiences with just smoking some tobacco in a ceremonial setting and a lot that of that said, has to do with who you're surrounded with and 
yeah, yeah exactly. the drugs that I've done in the past, um, you know, it's it, the same drug. I won't mention what they are, but the same drugs with one group of people versus like another group of people, but just the people you're surrounded with, it it's a different high. It's so interesting how the group or your setting or your surroundings, how that affects your your high, no matter what drug it is. Typically, I, I would imagine it's, you know, an ayahuasca, I'm sure is the best, the best uh, example of that. Yeah. Incredible example. And, and we'll definitely get to the, the shaman, the curandero, and how important that is to have somebody who's actually qualified to be even con, you know, conducting a ceremony. To wrap up the other point, though, DMT it is a substance that can, of course, give you a, I say an altered state of consciousness, but really it's opening a door, opening access to states of consciousness and, and perception of vibrations and frequencies of consciousness that are beyond our ordinary everyday senses. Uh, there's a cool chart. I just recently saw it that shows, and you can Google anything. We all learn in, I think, elementary school about the spectrum of light, for example. Right. And you see the spectrum that just goes on and on and on. And we see, we can see this teeny little part. Nobody like, and then we think, oh, x-ray machines are, you know, they're doing x-rays with x-rays. So we don't, we kind of like ignore all of the other frequencies because it's like, oh, that's like nothing would perceive that anyways. Like there's realms that can perceive those different vibrations and you know, once you're in an altered state, you can see colors you've never seen. You can experience smells you've never smelled. So we experience on a day to day basis, very small amount. And we've been conditioned through many, many mediums, so to speak, mm. to believe that this is all there is. Anything outside of this experience is the brain playing a trick or it's chemicals in our body that but if they call it that's fake. That's not real. It's just a, a mixture of perception. And this is the only real state. When you enter these states, though, and you start to experience them for yourself, you recognize that this is just as real as all this. And, and in some cases, when we can get really down the rabbit hole, more real than the superimposition of the denser physical reality. Very interesting stuff. Yeah, I just you know, look this up because I was super curious about it. But so it, it says here, let me, uh, let me pull this up. So this is from the National Institute of Drug Abuse. And it says that drugs interfere in the way that neurons send, receive, and process signals via neurotransmitters. Some drugs such as marijuana and heroin can activate these neurons because their chemical structure mimics that of the natural transmitter in the body. So that to me is super interesting because, you know, as we get more and more intelligent, I think we're going to learn that Drugs are cool, but we can just sit in a room and figure out ways to actually get these neurotransmitters active and we can get mm -hmm. these type of highs or type of feelings without actually taking the drug because, well, you know, what's the negative with the drug? Well, as you mentioned, the more they get watered down and the more they get processed, just like our food, you know, it's, it's going to be harder and harder to get the real deal. And, yeah. you know, now you worry about things like you hear what's going on with fentanyl, right? Like, ugh where fentanyl is going and everything and fentanyl can kill you. You know, you do a line of Coke, mm -hmm. you think it's Coke and then it's fentanyl and then you're done. So how cool would it be to just get the feelings of heroin or cocaine without actually doing the drug? So there's no negatives, but you're getting that chemical to the brain anyway. That's, that's giving you that, you know, the best example I mm -hmm. think that I always tell people when, when I have these conversations is when you're in a dream, it feels real, but it's mm -hmm. a dream. That's how powerful the brain is. 
that it puts you in that yeah. state that you're not in. It's not real. You're not physically there, but you feel like you're falling in the dream or you feel like you're making love in the dream or you, you know, that's the brain. That's all the brain's work. You're not, you didn't snort a line. You didn't smoke a blunt. Like you got those feelings and it felt real because the brain is so, so strong. And we don't know shit about the brain. That's what's even more crazy about this. That's a whole different yeah. rabbit hole, but yeah, we don't know shit. There's so much more we're capable of and it's exciting to, to kind of see where, uh, where that research is going. So, yeah. And the brain is, you can look at the brain as more of a receptor than an actual emitter of mm -hmm. these states of consciousness. Um, consciousness is, is you are consciousness and you're that, that ultimate consciousness expressing itself through this individualized experience. And the brain is this antenna picking up the frequencies and vibrations of that. It, it's a two-way channel. Of course, mm. you can utilize the, the brain and thought. take an example. When we, when we say we're thinking of something, who is the one who's doing the thinking if we're saying that, and if we're utilizing the brain in order to produce thoughts, who's the one utilizing the brain. And as you enter these higher states of consciousness, mm. you can start to become more familiar with that I am presence that you are rather than identifying so deeply with your thoughts. So, and, and even denser than that, identifying so deeply with your body. And so there's layers and layers and layers to experience and to peel back. And as you start to do that through these medicines, through these experiences, whether it be through breath work or meditation, which again, getting back to our chemical conversation, they've shown yogis, people who've been doing sadhana for decades, have higher levels of dimethyltryptamine in their blood, in their system than an ordinary average person. It's because they've also shown that you can increase your dimethyltryptamine in your, in your blood, in your system, just through doing breath work for a half hour, an hour. Gnarly. Interesting. So you're your own drug producer and the, this, you know, dimethyltryptamine is one of the greatest chemicals within the human system to allow us to expand beyond our, our state of consciousness in this moment. That's where we can get these incredible creative experiences. We can experience bliss and peace that we haven't experienced before. We can experience um, ideas and, and information. We can even go to a point where we can experience other entities and beings that are of a subtler dimension than our physical state. Mm. So these are all experiences we can create within ourselves. And again, that's how come I talk about ayahuasca or marijuana, or if you're going to, you know, psilocybin as not something that you have to do in order to have these experiences. If you recognize that these are things that will expand you so that when you come back to home and you're not accessing psilocybin every single day, you can have a frame of reference to return to. It helps when you can say, okay, I've been there before. Now you can meditate on something and attain those states a lot, a lot more easily. Yeah. So that's, that's a good transition into, so what brought on your curiosity, because you said, what, nine years you've been following ayahuasca. Was this just something that, was there something that happened in your life that kind of brought this on? Like, how'd you discover it at first, number one? And then number two is, what was your experience? And and talk a little bit more of that, because that's that's what everyone wants to listen to. <laughs> oh, okay. The experience part, wow, yeah, that'll be an interesting trip. Yeah. Um, I always say, if you want to know... <laughs> I'm curious of what what sound effect like. Did it sound like this when you were on ayahuasca? 
that, that would be probably scary if there that voice is coming through and yeah. some sort of visual of some that's a horrible shaman is what that is <laughs> yeah that'd be a scary <laughs> one right there but uh we did talk last time that you need to start using more of your soundboard so i i like the uh thank the, you the effect <laughs> for uh for me it's interesting again i wasn't actually at that time too it'd been many 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 years since i'd even touched you know marijuana i, mm -hmm. I was in, living in florida and life is good i was studying a lot of spiritual texts so i was really getting into that world and just digging through and trying to figure some things out in my life i wasn't having a you know a, a, a moment of desperation or anything like that it was just sure. so fascinated with this world of spirituality I'd never heard about. I grew up, not a lot of religion, not a lot of stuff like that. Um, but I was always exploring this. And um, as a as a kid too, this is another story. Um, I had many uh, dimensional experiences or experiences with, you know, the other, other dimensions, so to speak. So That's even big. as a child, I had no idea how to explain these. I scared my mom most of the time <laughs> whenever I came up with, you know, and shared something that I'd seen or experienced, um, tremendously vivid, very scary sometimes. Um, but yeah, again, there was no one to talk to. And so I really didn't talk much about that. And so ayahuasca helped me access a lot of those things that I had kind of forgotten about or repressed or whatever and learned like oh my gosh that's what i was actually experiencing and seeing like i was really and, and um this comes from one more recently and i'll get back to that their origin story but i even experienced in i think it was last year myself in that ceremony arriving in a vision i had when i was like seven years old and i saw a man in a hat and it was it was a dark area and he'd come to like help me um through something and it was very i was having this very scary vision and i experienced myself in that moment looking through the man's perspective at the child rather than child looking at it. so there's like a time crunch of it very interesting <laughs> gnarly so yeah so you can access you know these dimensions of time that become timeless, et cetera, and so forth. So back to the origin, I, w I was going through all this stuff and I come across this documentary called DMT, the spirit molecule, which is pretty popular. Mm -hmm. And I was watching it and ayahuasca came up in there and there are all these people, they were exper experimenting with DMT, right? They had like these people in hospital beds and like they were monitoring, they had stuff on their brain. And so they did all these experiments and, with these different types of people from, you know, like a, I think they had like a priest and they had, you know, somebody who was much more experienced with psychedelics, somebody who'd never done it, um, et cetera. And, and by the way, sorry to interrupt, but there's a really cool show with Nicole Kidman, uh, that's called nine perfect strangers on Hulu. Okay. And, uh, the, the whole idea is she's kind of like a, a shaman, but you don't know it until like the last episode. And she ends up inviting a bunch of people for like a couple's retreat trying to help their marriage and all this shit. And then spoiler alert, long story short, the like last episode or last couple, she ends up giving them ayahuasca and oh, okay. they each go through these experiences and they, they end up like fully recovered, like changing their lives, different perspectives and all that. So if, if someone's kind of curious about like, I don't want to watch a documentary, but if you know, maybe Nicole Kidman, uh, 
tickles your fancy a little bit more. <laughs> that's kind of a cool way to introduce you to the idea of it and 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 uh, and all that. But it's a really cool show. You'd actually like it if you haven't seen it. It's pretty cool. I I must admit I don't watch most documentaries on ayahuasca because I don't. Yeah, <laughs> um, I have my own take on that. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of them get people thinking things that you aren't if there. You want to know. Then go. It's like yeah. if you want to know what it's like to be in the savannah on a safari in Africa, stop looking at pictures and listening <laughs> to a zillion stories and fantasizing. You have to go, Just to and it. then you have an actual experience that no picture, no story could ever tell. Yeah. Um, it's the same for anything. Um, it's definitely the same for this. Mm -hmm. But yeah, a, you know, a documentary with Nicole Kidman that could be a good intro. <laughs> It totally could be. Way into your point, totally. different for everybody too, right? So that's what's exactly. more interesting about, you know, doing it yourself is. And that's the important thing is to not form too many or any expectations about mm. what you'll receive because everyone goes, they drink the same medicine, they listen to the same Icaros and they're with the same shaman and every single person in the room has a totally different experience. You know, this person over here barely had any any visual experience. This person over here had, you know, a, a massive purge of traumas from their childhood. This person over here you know, spoke to aliens, you know, like, <laughs> uh, you know, it's just like from another dimensional planet. It's just, so everyone has a totally different experience. And if you go in expecting that you're going to have this gigantic consciousness expanding experience, and then you don't, and, and then you carry that disappointment and expectation with you, you actually mm. choke the medicine from doing powerful work on you on a subtler level. Maybe, maybe you didn't need that. What you needed was some bodily healing. Maybe it healed within your system, or maybe what mm -hmm. you needed was gentler, subtler healing on the energetic level, which you couldn't perceive in that time. I've, again, I've been drinking, you know, ayahuasca for nine years. I've had every single ceremony that you could possibly imagine. I've drank tons of medicine in one ceremony, sat there for four hours and nothing happened. You know, like nothing crazy. And then I've, then I've gone to a ceremony and drink just a teeny medicine. And I had this incredible consciousness expanding experience. So you never know and uh, what kind of experience you're going to have. But it, a lot of us like to say is the medicine mother ayahuasca will give you exactly what you need in your life for that moment in time. The, even if it's the same drink, exactly. I'm depending on where you're at in your life, it, it'll treat you differently. Yeah. There's an intelligence too, and that's the difference between ayahuasca and a lot of these different substances is ayahuasca is not just a brew. It's also, we call it mother ayahuasca. It's an, it's a, you know, queen of the jungle. It's the, it's a spirit being that has an intelligence about it that will also guide you through the ceremony. Wow. And this, speaking of ceremony, so uh, I, I want to hear about because I only got about thirty minutes, unfortunately, with you. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. But that'll put us like an hour. I think that'll that'll be good. Sure. But I want to know your best because I all these experiences you had. I want to kind of talk about your most prevalent, influential. I mean, I don't know how you want to say it, but your best experience from it. But then also too, I'd love to know like a cliff notes of for the listeners out there who don't know ayahuasca and we're just talking Chinese to them and DMT and all that stuff. But if you have a quick origin story of the benefits, how long it's been around, you know, all your knowledge on ayahuasca, if you could spend a few minutes talking about that, that would be huge too. Sure. Yeah. So the first ceremony is, I imagine for many people, it'd be the most memorable for me. It, it absolutely was. I can remember it like oh, it really? was yesterday. It's, it's incredible. 
And so, you know, after watching DMT spirit moleculing, you know, that was like the thing back then it was a big deal. It's like, wow, what is this? this is incredible. And I kind of had this thing made up in my mind that I didn't, I didn't want anything to do with DMT extract, but I was, I just, for some reason, got this little feel of like, if I was given the opportunity to go to an ayahuasca ceremony, I would go. And I just had that thought. I didn't seek it. I didn't go trying to find it or anything like that. It just so happened that a week later, a friend of mine came to me, said, Hey, I just got invited from, you know, so his friend of a friend, he got invited by his friend to go to the ceremony. And he was much more involved in the spiritual communities and kind of that, you know, psychedelic world. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, do you want to come? I was like, Oh my God. Like I literally just watched something about this and I had no experience prior knowledge before then. So I said, yeah, absolutely. I want, you know, I'm going to, I'm in. And then within a week after that, so within two weeks of watching that, and I was sitting there <laughs> in my first ayahuasca ceremony in Orlando, Florida, Wow! Uh, in a dojo. Uh, and it was great. It was, it was a nice place. And, um, you know, at that time, I, I wasn't super evolved <laughs> spiritually, <laughs> men, you know, men, I was, you know, what, what was I like 20, 21? Yeah, I think I was 21 yeah. then. No one's um, by then in any capacity. <laughs> right. And so I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, you know, and at that point, I, I didn't have any frame of reference. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I was like, I'm just gonna go. It's, it's gonna be fun. You know, it's gonna be fun. So I'm sitting there. And people start walking in. And these are more experienced people than me. But I just noticed that a lot of them were dressed up in like, what I considered to be like hippie clothes. Like they were kind of like, they had dreadlocks, not everyone, but you know, That's a couple cool. people. And it just, it just so happened that those couple people were the first couple of people that walked by me. And I just had this moment. I was like, oh my God, like, what am I doing here? Am I going, like, am I going to lose my shit and become a hippie and like have no, like, and just like totally screw up my job. Mm. And yeah, I was so worried about what was going to happen after the ceremony. Like, yeah. would I be able to even like, do that work or is my mind going to change totally it didn't like spoiler alert everything's you know yeah. okay probably but, um, more it, of an appreciation yeah it, it was kind of funny though how that happened and then i just remember i'm sitting there and they're going around everyone's going up for their dose i go up and i take you know the little cup of medicine I and how much medicine. is it it's only like an ounce or two right it's only yeah it's a, i got like a you know a half dose of that so maybe half an ounce nice and so I drink the medicine and go sit back down. I just had this moment, which now knowing what I know is exactly what you need to do. I just sat down and I kind of, I just surrendered because I was like, it's in me now. There's nothing I can do. Yeah. It's like, whatever happens from this moment on, I'm here for the ride because I, I can't do anything. It's not going like to get it out of me. And sorry for people that don't know. So yeah. to my knowledge uh, from the research, I've, so ayahuasca is very similar to like, you know, in, in terms of control. Um, mushrooms, acid, those type of things are uncontrolled, but you just got to write out the trip versus like right. weed, for example, depending on the strain or what you're having or like Coke or anything like that, like some of those other substances. Um, and I hate to loop those into the category, but just kind of give people a perspective. Those are more controllable. But when you take that sip of ayahuasca, that's it. It's however, however long it's going to last. It's not like you could just put yourself in a state and be like, you know what? I'm just going to go home. I, I got to leave here. Like, no, you're stuck. Right. Yeah. Is that how it is? Yeah. You, you're, you're there for the, the ride. Yeah. <laughs> and now there is, you know, there is a degree. So it's like, sure. if you drink a little bit of 
ayahuasca, you could still have a big experience, but not compared to, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you know, heroic dose, if you will, which I've been through a few heroic doses. And how uh, long does that, if you just take a little shot of it, how long typically does that last on experience? It's wild. It's really interesting because, uh, in the ceremonies that I go to, there's a phase of about an hour and a half where you mm -hmm. drink your first dose and I've had everything in between, you know, I've had a huge dose. And then hour and a half passes and I'm still in the medicine so much that I don't go up for a second dose, or I even had a huge dose and I'm still fine to go up for, you know, more. And right. then after that, yeah, it's, it's wild because then there's three and a half hours on the tail end of that. And you could be in the medicine for the entire three and a half hours. So it's like, it's interesting how the mind, it's also part of it. The reason you, you know, the, you can kind of calm down and kind of return to a state where you can even get up and go drink more medicine if you need it is because the akaros, the, the sacred sounds and songs that the shaman sings, and when they're powerful enough, they guide the ceremony. So these frequencies guide this whole process. And so when those are shut off, so to speak, like when right. the shaman isn't singing akaros or doing any flutes, Sometimes you can go deeper into the medicine and it's like, you don't want to get up and you kind of just want to stay in your zone, but also sometimes that kind of helps you kind of come back to this state of normal yeah. consciousness. So yeah, it's interesting because it varies again, and you might go up for a second dose and get like much less. And that might be the perfect amount that when you go back, it's like your whole ceremony is because it stacks. It's not like you just digested every bit of the medicine and it's right you know, it's out of your system. You need more. It's not how it works. And you're, you're conscious of what is happening, right? Like you're aware, obviously you're tripping balls, but you're aware that you're on it. And you're so to speak, I mean, varying degrees, you're super conscious, uh, mm. in many cases, in many cases, you're expanded beyond the ordinary state. So you can, there's so many things that can happen in a ceremony. You can receive direct, you know, some people call them downloads. Um, where there's no words, there's no visuals, but you just information and knowledge can enter you directly and become a part of now your conscious, I, I guess your conscious arsenal of knowledge that you have, and you can bring that into your everyday life. So this happens quite, quite frequently. You can hear, you can have conversations without words, etc. There's a lot of communication types and information types. I'm a very visual person. For me, I can open my eyes and see the astral with my eyes open or closed, the astral dimensions. And so I can see different things overlaid. And yeah, during yeah when, when I'm in that state, I, I'm very visual. Some people are very auditory. Some people are very intuitive. And, so, and how, does, how long does that normally last, Nick? Like if you're in, if you're in that state, well, let's say you have just a sip, right? Your first yeah. sip. You're sitting there, you're waiting on the shaman to kind of do his thing. He's jamming out, right? He's playing the greatest hits. And then, exactly. and then what is it like an hour passes depending on the, each person and then boom. Oh, oh, before it actually takes effect. I yeah. see. Yeah. Usually it's anywhere from, well, 20 to 40 minutes. And that depends on several oh, so factors. So yeah. 40 minutes is probably for the person who's you know, maybe their system's a little bit more obstructed and clogged up. And this is interesting because our last, our previous conversation has an immense amount of importance with it. And we talk about the dieta in ayahuasca. There's a pre-dieta and a post-dieta, uh, which is essentially the diet, right? Mm -hmm. But it's eating 
eating only from the plant kingdom, cleaning the body because the medicine takes effect into the body much more easily. I have an experience from, as I, as I shared with you, uh, I've recently have been to ceremony two weeks ago. So like right after our podcast, I went to two ceremonies in North Carolina and I had been on that mucusless diet, fruit, salad, nothing else, just absolutely so clean. And when I drank my first dose of medicine, five minutes. It hit you in five minutes? Hit me in five minutes. And that's the fastest it's ever entered. And it wasn't, it wasn't like some kind of little like, okay, it's kind of come. It was like five minutes and it was like, oh man, we're doing this. Like, okay, like it's on. And you're confident it has a lot to do with the mucusless diet that you're on? Well, I also received that information in that ceremony and stuff is it literally went like I could feel it going through every pore of my body and showing me like this is what happens when you're cleaned up and cleaned out is it enters your system without any obstruction so so following that diet pre-ceremony is really really important it helps to just create more flow in your system if you know for example, somebody who's a vegetarian or a vegan is going to have probably the medicine will take effect a little bit sooner or quicker for that person. Somebody who's eating meat and dense foods and lots of breads and things like that, you're creating a lot of congestion in the system. So it's going to take a little bit more medicine even probably to, and by the way, that goes, I mean, that goes with everything too, right? Like you take Advil or Tylenol, you know, and you're clogged up and your diet shit. Uh, it's not going to hit you as good as you know, and alcohol too. That's, that's the same thing. You know, if you alcohol have, is another one. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a glass of wine or two glasses of wine, you know, if you're all mm-hmm. clogged up, then it's not going to hit you as quick versus like being, being vegetarian or vegan. I don't drink that much anymore. I might have a glass of wine like once or twice a month because I don't drink <laughs> at all. And because my diet's so clean, dude, mm-hmm. when I have a glass of wine, I'm like blazed already with one oh big God. pour. Because it's like, you know, your your body's just so clean and, you know, you don't have all those chemicals and that BS. Yeah. Alcohol just goes straight in your bloodstream. It digests so fast. Yeah. It gets into the blood. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I can't, I, I don't drink often. And, um, and if I do, it's usually like one of those kombuchas, like that has a little bit extra alcohol in it, or, right? It's like a good 5%, 6%. Yeah. I can't drink an entire one. I have, yeah. like, I can only drink half of one because it'll get me. Yeah, to a place Lays, I don't yeah. even enjoy it. Like, <laughs> right. This doesn't even feel good. Yeah, so that, that's in, that's interesting with the diet that that you said that because I would have never guessed, uh, you know, for yeah. for being in that ceremony to. But I mean, I guess that does kind of make sense when when you do anything, whether you do a cleanse or anything like that, you just mm-hmm. you get the best benefits, which is interesting, right? Because I don't want to get back into diet because we talked about that last time. But anything good like an ayahuasca experience or drinking alcohol or all the things we're talking about. If you want the effects to be better, most likely the cleaner you eat, the better effects or the better it's going to affect you, which is interesting because then like, wouldn't you always want to eat clean and wouldn't you always want to have a clean body because then everything you do is going to affect you even better. Yeah. But people don't really think about that stuff. They're like, you know, let me eat whatever I want. But if I want to take a Tylenol, yeah, it's going to take a little bit longer to kick in. Uh, but imagine if you just had a clean body, you know, you. Yeah. Once you take that Tylenol, it'll hit you in like five minutes. Yeah, um, exactly. And you actually reminded me because you texted me uh, or Instagram messaged me. Um, we should talk about that on here. So hmm. we could br- we could bridge into that real qu- quick. It won't take long. Yeah. But it was something that I recognized in myself and yesterday, actually. So 
it's about stimulation and stimu stimulants. And actually that's something that I also received in my last ceremonies too, being able to see the veils upon veils upon veils, uh, the, just these veils that are blocking and blinding humanity from their divine essence and from, from their personal power. A lot of people are going about their day-to-day -day life doing things that seem normal to them now are actually hindering their ability to have deeper experiences of bliss, peace, joy, fun, relaxation. Mm. And we're, we're so, we're such an overstimulated society. We're on the computer. We have our phone. We have any, a number of entertainment at the push of a button. And so we don't have to be bored with ourselves. We don't have to go inside and meditate and go through those experiences. We don't have to address traumas. We don't have to, we can just turn on Netflix and watch that as long as we want. Yeah. And so this is why so many people more than ever in history are on antidepressants, anti-anxiety medicines, and even with those still have depression, still have anxiety. And you know, they, if not more, if not more, if not more, exactly. And because as we know, we don't got to go into it. Those chemicals are causing even more problems, but no. essentially there's all this stimulation. And then what my experience was yesterday is I've been on this super clean diet and I, I did fall off when I, cause I drove across the country. It's ridiculous. I saw I it. Drove, yeah. yeah. I drove to North Carolina and I drove back and uh, it kind of messed up. Like it, it just driving for that long and just being in motion and on the road for that long kind of screwed up my whole diet. Like actually during the thing, I was just eating fruit the whole time. So I was doing great until I got home and I was like, oh, I need, like I wanted some warm food. So I had some girlfriend made some amazing curry. And then from there I started kind of like eating cooked food and stuff. Right. And then so I had a week, you know, in there where I kind of started to eat some, not bad food. Right. But cooked food and stuff. It was kind of off yeah, the diet. Throw, throw it off a routine. You need to do something. Yeah, like exactly. So this week, actually, I cleaned up real good, did it, you know, pure juice fast and things like that. Nice. And then yesterday, for some reason, I was just in a good mood. And I, I got this drink. It's called a perp. It's like an energy, a little energy drink, organic energy drink here. And here in California, it's like based here. So I drank it. It's like one of those 100 milligram, you know, whatever's got all the extracts in, in it. And I used to like those. Yeah. So I was drinking it kind of more for the taste and I drank it and I'm sitting here at the computer doing some work and I'm just like, oh my God. And I started talking to my girl and I was like talking like three times as fast as I usually do. I'm like, You're oh my God. Up, yeah. And I was just like so overstimulated because I don't, I don't drink, I haven't drank caffeine really for a long time. So I'm like just jittery. And I used to be able to drink like two of those, no problem. Uh. Nothing happened to me. Now I'm like shaking. My nervous system is just like freaked out and uh, my mind's all restless. And then I started craving, like I, I was craving Chipotle. Right? Yeah. It's one of my pastimes. I loved Chipotle, but I, like, I wanted something super dense. And in that moment I realized, and by the way, I'll just admit, you know, I did go Get the Chipotle. feed that craving because th <laughs> there was two things I could do. I could torture myself for hours and hours and hours right. and not. And I, I tried, I tried eating fruit. I tried eating some salad. Like I was still like, so overstimulated. I was like, okay, <laughs> some vegan Chipotle. Yeah. But then I, you know, I fed that, but the point is, is what I recognized, even in the moment when I was about to eat it, I, I like sat it down because I had this revelation. I was like, oh my gosh, I know how come this is happening is like, because I was overstimulating all of my senses and my nervous system with the caffeine. 
mm. that I craved something that could kind of like be denser for my my system and because you're you know, overworking maybe yeah yeah maybe be a little more lethargic than I was mm. and I saw like the whole connection of how our society has energy drinks and coffee and just everything that can possibly stimulate you and then when you're over, when you're too stimulated then you go to alcohol or dense right. foods or whatever. So there's those down or, you know, yeah. or worse, you know, people are on these medications that it's like they take one to wake them up in the morning, one to keep them going in the afternoon, and then they take one at night so they can fall asleep. Yeah. It's just this vicious cycle. Yeah. It's all, it's is, all up and downs, man. You know, it's like, yeah, it's like exactly. people go zero to a hundred. And then once you hit a hundred, you're like, how do I get down to zero really quick so I can go to bed? And then, you know, you wake up all exactly. grogged because your body's, you know, pretty much working too hard all day. So then the next yeah. day you're exhausted. So you're like, oh, how do I boost it up? Let me crank out the caffeine again. And, you know, that's why heart disease and heart attacks and uh, blood issues is because you, your body has a shelf life. I always say kind of like bandwidth, right? On a daily basis, if your bandwidth is, you know, whatever, a thousand points and you're spending so much time and energy on social media uh, worrying about your ex and worrying about, you know, uh, your bills and what Kim Kardashian's doing and you're doing all that. So you have a thousand points a day. So you're spending all that time on bullshit that doesn't matter. So now it's like 500 points are gone. So you've just yeah. wasted that, those points on all that bullshit. So now you can't focus on work and your health and your overall wellness and all that. And then eventually you're going to run out of points, whether it's 30 years, 50 years, 60 years, a hundred years that you have on this earth. Uh, every single day, you're using up those valuable points that accumulate those 50, 60, 70, 80 years of your life. So you just got to be careful how you're using your points. You know, that's how I kind of look right. at it. And and these stimulants and all that is, it's going to affect you. You know, your 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 heart mm -hmm. can't handle, we're not meant to handle this stuff. We're, we're meant to get away from like saber-toothed tigers. But we're not meant to like take 500 milligrams of caffeine a day and then take a bunch of wine to come down and then do a line of Coke in the morning. And then like, we're not, that's not what the body's meant to do. <laughs> like eventually your body's going to be like, and it's going to run out. So, yeah. And, and, and speaking of that too, because a lot of people, you know, we, we talk about longevity and I think a, a lot of folks have kind of made it to the point where it's like, well, I'd rather just, you know, live my life at, you know, at a blitz and not have the longevity, yeah. but it's because we've been fooled to think that, longevity means in your 70s 80s 90s mm. you're in a wheelchair you know barely able to move because that's what we've seen over and over it's like well no one thought to ask what those people were eating what their lifestyle was what their drugs were that they did throughout their life and now it's like i've seen some incredible 70 80 and 90 year olds who are more athletic than some 20 and 30 year olds you know it's like they're living their life they're doing good and so it's absolutely it's like for me personally, like whether longevity comes or not, what, like, whatever, that's fine. But if it comes, I'm, I'm going to be sure that it's going to be some of my best and healthiest, you know, I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to be vital. I'm going to be excited yeah. those times. So, and, and I look at it like I got to live as long as I can because who knows what type of technology is going to happen in 10 years or 20 years. <laughs> like, uh, like, um, could you imagine like, let's say, how are you? You're in your thirties, right? 31. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm 36, 37. So, like, my big one of my biggest fears is if I make it to 50, and like I'm really unhealthy. They're like, hey, so if you have this amount of body fat at this weight and all that, your body mass index is here, and you're this healthy, 
were able to add another 70 years on your life. And then I'm not healthy enough to do that research and to have that test done on me. I'm going to be super pissed. Like, I want to make sure I can live to where I can, like, imagine if you just missed the cutoff, like barely. And they're like, you know, Nick, you're 51 years old, but if you just were 50 pounds lighter, you could qualify for this stem cell research that's going to let you live to your 150. And you like miss the cut just because like you're unhealthy. Like how shitty would that be? Yeah, that's pretty. That's what I'm terrified of. So that's why I try to be be as healthy as like. Well, that's one way to keep you healthy, right? Have something you're so terrified of. Exactly. uh, Motivate you. Force yourself to be healthy. Uh, Going back to to ayahuasca, have you? Yeah. Right. So (laughs) we can go off for like hours on end. Oh, Um, for sure we can. So going back to that experience that kind of changed your perception a little bit. Tell me a little bit about because again, I only got another like five ten minutes. Yeah, tell me, tell me I a got bit. like another two hours. <laughs> oh, shit. But, uh, <laughs> We're going to have to do it again. Maybe we'll have to do a part two or something. This is fun. We can if you want. Um, yeah, for sure. But I, wa- I want to know kind of what changed like going into it. And then when you walked out, you're like, what changed? I-, I hear a lot of people that are atheists come out of it, religious. I hear a lot of people that, you know, vice versa. Uh, right. I he- I've heard the aliens conversation as well, which is super interesting. So. Like, tell me a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I call them aliens as a joke, but, you know, there's multiple, you know, there's so many layers and dimensions. There's dimensional beings that are, you know, living in, you know, dimensions beyond the earth and different systems, etc. Okay, elaborate on that, too, because that's where I get fucking super excited. Okay. Especially all this stuff with James Webb and the, you saw the new image from the James Webb telescope. Did you see that? I, I don't pay attention to it, so <laughs> I, I haven't. <laughs> yeah, you're too busy doing your own trip, so I get it, but. Let me Yeah, I've I've had different experiences too about that. <laughs> really? About the earth and what the earth is and you know, et cetera. Um, which I, I don't talk about because a lot of people can't really fathom a, an earth system that's different than the one they've been conditioned to believe in. And so, I've heard that as well. Yeah, so it's it's too hard to actually have that conversation at at this time in history or in you know in our, our world. But suffice it to say it's best to question every single thing that any government agency, NASA included, has ever given you. Because at the end of the day, the government is not your friend ever. And if you think it is, then you're really deluded. And I think it's hilarious. You know, I won't go too deep into it, but I think it's hilarious when people are agenda based. So if my agenda is over here and the government's over here saying, I don't do that, then they're against the government. But if their agenda is over here and the government's over here, they're like, yeah, government. So it's like, <laughs> you know, don't you know you're being tricked in every single situation? Not a single government agency is telling the whole truth or in many cases, any truth. NASA is a government agency. Be careful. Mm, Do some yeah. research. Um, that's all I'm going to say because I've had direct experiences of this too, which right, showed so, me. So tell me about that. I want to know about that. Talk to me. So uh, you're talking about the direct experience. I mean, I know you can't, it's probably way too complicated to get into in five yeah. minutes, but let's, let's just say, you know, there's, there's a lot of aspects of earth that have been covered up and hidden, um, from, you know, ancient, like if you, you can even kind of look at this, like a lot of what archeologists are saying and all these kind of ideas about things are totally and grossly false and actually not at all real like there's evidence of different portals and and things like that on earth that can be accessed and were accessed at one point by beings but a lot of people are thinking from a physical standpoint so they're not capable of seeing that 
we're energy beings, we're electric beings. And so we, we aren't limited to the physical, um, but by our own conscious choice to be limited to the physical. So you've, you've gathered this information based off what ayahuasca, the years of doing ayahuasca? That of course, yeah. Being able to, you know, travel, not with the physical body, but travel with, you know, the energy body and subtler bodies and through consciousness to different realms, so to speak. Uh, in dimensions, you can do this and you can also gain incredible knowledge. There were, there's plenty of evidence in history about ancient earth and earth, not too many years, you know, maybe only a few hundred years ago where there were free energy devices. There were, I mean, many people don't know this. This is just a small thing just to kind of like tickle your fancy. How many people knew that there were electric vehicles that traveled across the United States in 1900? It was like 1906. Is that true? electric vehicles. You can look them up too. There, it's not even like you have to like search real hard on uh, some kind of torrent site. Like you can actually search Google and you'll find electric vehicles. There are electric scooters, vehicles, there are gyro one wheelers. There are all sorts of things. Those weren't good for is the big oil business and the tycoons that were also having to come up in the 1900s. hundred years ago, there were electric vehicles. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. See I'm it? looking it up right now. Crazy, right? A lot of people don't know that. We're not taught that in history class, but it's on Google. You can just Google it. Yeah, that's gnarly. Yeah, I'm looking this up. So the rise of electric cars during the early years of automotive age, quote unquote, from 1896 to 1930, as many as 1800 different car manufacturers function in the U.S., while innovators in Europe had been working on battery powered vehicles, a.k.a. electric, since 1830. The first successful electric car in the U.S. made its debut in 1890, thanks to a chemist from Iowa. His six yep. passenger was six passenger. That's insane. That's so big uh, for that for eighteen ninety for an electric vehicle in the nineteen eighteen hundred. Really, his six passenger was basically an electrified wagon that hit a top speed of fourteen miles per hour, which was a big deal back then. Back this then, yeah, it was a big deal. And imagine if they would have developed that over, you know, a right. couple decades. Right. For people watching on YouTube too, there was there was a picture, but you could just search. You know, like you said, 1890 electric yeah. vehicle and it popped up. You can search that. That's but then, there, you know, there's there's evidence of free energy devices. Also, this is incredible. Uh, you can really go deep down the rabbit hole here of if you look at certain architecture has been standing for hundreds of years. There's a clear difference between architecture that was there. I'm trying to use words. <laughs> It'll be easy. Pre-reset because there had to be a reset of some weird stuff that happened. So like the pyramids, for example? Yeah, like, um, so Back farther, there, there's a lot of strange things. There's like that aren't as old as they were claimed, right? There's like been multiple resets in human history. And you can tell like mud floods and different strange things like that, because a lot of those things aren't in use anymore. And they don't know even how to use them. But there's these frac, like look at cathedrals and how they were built. These like really old ones. They, they have these crazy spires. Look at them from this, the standpoint of a physicist. You'll recognize these are cathodes, uh, anodes. Like these are electric towers, essentially, that were able to harness this. And also the organs in these big places. So they were taken over by religion, but they weren't religious establishments. They were actually, a lot of these were temples for healing. There were energy devices that were used to electrify the city. There's even pictures, and again, you can search this on Google, mm -hmm. of these fully lit up parades and fairs in France and Paris, for example. And it was fully illuminated before the light bulb. 
was invented. Yeah. How was that? And it was because there was a lot that we're not told about that. But anyways, that's stuff you can research. Right. Um, well, from my that. experience. Yeah. And, and I've had my own experience of seeing from beyond the firmament, <laughs> firmament, we'll call it being above the earth and seeing what's going on, um, which kind of just is evidence towards what I've... In, in your opinion, though, is the earth round or flat? <laughs> I'm not is getting that, into that. Is that a hard question? <laughs> I'm not going there. All right. Some other time we need to know because that's... Yeah, what... maybe. You know, you can look well, it up I've, and see. I mean, I've talked to people that, again, have, have had trips and have, uh, quote unquote, mm-hmm. you know, went to different dimensions. And I think it's hard for not even different dimensions, but this, just like you said, it's hard to explain, but maybe you can explain mm-hmm. a little bit better to where we're, think of it like an ant. Mm-hmm. An ant lives in that dimension. That's the only dimension yeah. they know, right? Because they're around it every day. They're lifting up leaves and they're building colonies and that's their dimension. Their dimension is the ground and the walking around, you know, on the dirt. They don't know we fucking exist. They can't comprehend what we are. And more so, they can't comprehend what a star is, right? A universe is. So if you look at it like that and you can put yourself in that mindset, because that's kind of how like when I've had some experiences, not with ayahuasca or anything, but different things. And when I go to these, not even like places, it's just when I like have these thoughts, you know, like if I've been on some some gnarly stuff before and I'm tripping and I'm just like, you, you get this weird feeling of like, you're definitely, things are bigger than what you are. And when you're coming back down to reality and when we're in this situation where we are now, you can't really fathom it and you think it's bullshit because you can't fathom it. But if you put Mm -hmm. yourself in that ant situation, humans exist, you know it. When you look up in the stars, we're told anyway what those are. I'd love to get your opinion on those. But those stars and those universes. But an ant, not only does he not know who we are, but can you imagine being an ant and like your buddy Billy goes up to you and says, hey, Tom. Did you know there's humans up there and then the humans are, you know, looking at the stars and the stars are universes and galaxies like that ant's going to look at you like you're fucking crazy. And that's kind of how like we are when we have these conversations. We're like, Nick, you're fucking crazy. man. We talking about consciousness and dimensions and that doesn't make any sense. Like you mm-hmm. can't wrap it. But it's not too far fetched if you really think about it. And to elaborate on that point, which is just a really helpful point for, you know, the Earth experience as well as consciousness consciousness experience is thinking fat like what's fathomable Mm. so if earth was flat you would have in order to in order to fathom that in in order to understand that you have to eliminate everything you think you know about what earth may be a lot of people try to fit a, a flat plane in space it's like no 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 like you can't like imagine it you know, you have to get creative and I'm just throwing things out there. Right. Imagine an infinite plane of existence with multiple firmaments and different realms and de- layers and dimensions. And okay. So play with, you know, it's like, yeah. if you want to fathom that, but here's the thing. And, and I'll ask a question, which gets people to kind of expand their mind. How can you fathom the earth being a ball ripping through space with a bunch of other balls flying around them at millions of miles per hour and then everything else flipping and flying and and rotating and doing all this stuff how can you fathom that because a lot of people go okay like yeah that makes sense right like they just that's kind of like they understand space and the earth and everything as that it's like you can fathom that because you've been told it 
over and over and over again. And then, you know, we give you a couple of little pictures and some videos. It's like, have you seen this thing called CGI? Like, you know, right. we, we can create just about anything. And a lot of people will, will go into denial thinking it's like, there's no possible way that they would, you know, yeah. that we'd be faked out. And why would they want to? It's like, well, 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 there's answers for all those questions, but. Sure. And I don't know if all of it is faked out either. You know, that's, a, right. that's an interesting, exactly. that's an interesting example you gave, but you know, you look at like where we're at with what we tell our children. Yeah. There is a Santa Claus, right? Like we literally lie to them and we do it because why? Well, because we tell them the story of if you're good, you'll get presents and that gets them excited. And, you know, maybe there's something to that. If you can relate it like on a higher level, like a government level, maybe they're telling us something because they're like, Hey, if they do this, they'll comply and do X, Y, Z. But then also it could be maybe a group of people or the idea of we're just ignorant to the fact. And we come up with these theories and these hypotheses that we truly believe are real and it's easier to say that for a great example is Marcus Aurelius, you know, way back in the day, philosophers and, you know, rulers of Rome and, you know, way back in the day, Colosseum days, they were told that Greek gods, they come up with these stories of these Greek gods and they would pass it on from generation to generation. And they believed that at the time, you know, they didn't know what earth was or a planet or the United States of America that didn't exist back then. They were just coming up with stories somehow and passing it on for generation to generation. Eventually we came up with these stories. And at the time they thought that was real, right? So how do we know we're just not in that phase of this existence to where whatever we're getting told or whatever we're saying to the population, that's what we think it is. But then a thousand years from now, 10,000 years from now, it's going to be something completely different because we've learned new information. And I think that's right. very possible as well. And here's where it gets really, you know, this is again, like expanding one's mind is one of the most important things to be able to do in order to understand information that they've never received before. If you're trying to receive new information from the same frame of mind and fit new information to that, you'll never transform, you'll never change, because you'll just constantly be layering on pieces of truth to something that you've already learned before. So mm. it, you have to release your current frame of mind. You have to become creative and access that. And that's how come meditation is so, and going to an ayahuasca ceremony or, you know, possibly psilocybin. I don't know about that, but I do know ayahuasca because what happens in that ceremony to just wrap that up, because I, I know you've got to go like 13 minutes ago in a ceremony for my first ceremony, what it did for me and what it's done for me over the many years is it took me out of what I thought was life and what I thought was, this is just how things are. It just pulled me out of that and showed me a whole new, I mean, my first ceremony was not like a small ceremony. It was like, again, I, I mean, I went to different realms. I went through like portals. I went through like this tunnel of eyes and experienced pure consciousness where I wasn't a body anymore. I was literally, I wasn't even a thought. I was the most intense bliss I've ever felt in my life. I mean, I felt that, if, you know, I've gone to those states now multiple times. I can enter them through various different ways now. But um, in, in that beginning, that was really, really different and powerful for me. And so that that also opened my mind up to this idea that I can share with others, which is, again, if you want new information to enter you, you have to become, you have to empty your cup, so to speak, in mm. order to receive that. I'm not saying one way or another, you know, about the earth thing, but it's, it's worth considering that what you know, a lot of what we know is 
we we don't actually know it intimately we know it because we learned it and we've been told it and and like history is another great example you only know that history went that way because that's how you've been told by right. the victors of how history went yeah. so anything though in life we can we can get so much from oh, yeah. every experience yeah i mean you look at again the the pyramids is a good example what what they're finding now with uh, the amazon rainforest read any of that stuff but all these assholes that are cutting this these trees down because they want to you know, use paper and shit and they're cutting and they're realizing that there's these massive cities in the Amazon that, you know, some cities and they've said close to 1500 reported cities um, mm -hmm. that were in the Amazon. It was home to millions of people. And we're just now finding this out in 2022. So, you know, this is going back thousands of years and there's these huge cities of millions of people and we don't know what happened. It could have been some disease that wiped them out. It could have been some huge event but we're now finding this information out but you know they're looking at these stone cities and all this stuff and how do they fucking build the pyramid and these cities in the rainforest like uh, apparently from these renderings that they see because there's this laser technology that they're using you should look this up if you haven't but there's this yeah. laser technology they use um either through satellites or uh, drones but they they're able to find out kind of like away from the brush of the trees they could see these roads that they built and these buildings and these structures. They can kind of see how it almost looked and how big they were because it goes mm -hmm. down, you know, hundreds of meters down, you know, yeah. after they get rid of this. And it's just crazy how they can build that stuff without a fucking crane, you know, and we, right. we don't know, like, we'll never know, unfortunately, like we can speculate and there's theories and all that, but you know, that's, what's so interesting about where we're at is to your point, if you can't be objective, if you can't look at it, because if you told me a hundred years ago that there was an Amazon city of millions of people, right. I'd say you're full of shit. Now we're seeing it, right? But back mm -hmm. then in the history books, what are we told? Well, we're told the Amazon is the most beautiful rainforest and, you know, it, it grew trees and plants and wildlife, but there was never in the history books about a city until right. now. Or an advanced civilization. Way advanced. Like and, some and, more advanced than what we are. Like you could and that's the, create that's the pyramid the right now if you wanted to. And, and that's the truth. And, and once people accept the fact that we're not the most advanced race of human beings who've lived on Earth, you start to understand some of these phenomenons a little bit easier and, and stop trying to figure them out through ridiculous means. Like, you know, oh, it must have been one million ox that carried one stone of the Egyptian thing, or they did it on logs. It's like, that's so ridiculous. It's, it doesn't even make sense for people to believe in that stuff. Um, but once we start to do this, it also expands. And again, not going to go too deep in this, but there's a lot of technology that I've met some and seen some brilliant people who can't share this technology with the world because it's suppressed and because they've already gotten threats from government agencies and things like that. There is advanced technology beyond our imagination that is here now, but is suppressed to a degree from the public. And so just that truth alone shows us that we have the capability to do certain incredible things, build miraculous structures through you know, anti-gravity machines, et cetera, just things that can do yeah. cool shit. But, <laughs> and, it's, uh, and it's but we can't, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, exactly. We can't come out with those things. Yeah. And you know, I've always, I've talked about this before and I've speculated uh, with buddies, but it, it's always super fascinating to me about this conversation because 
I, I definitely agree that we're we're not the most advanced that we have been. And I've I'm curious, we'll have to leave it at this, but I'm curious your thoughts on uh what we f- think are aliens. Okay. Because for oh, me, yeah, yeah. like these UAPs and these UFOs that are all coming out, like I'm always thinking to myself, um, the way my mind works and the research I've done, the rabbit holes that I've gone down, I kind of think that not only has our our species evolved, but you know, maybe these quote unquote aliens or these beings, maybe they're us a million years from now. They either came back, you know, through a dimension to to uh to either look after us or find us or push us in the right direction because there's not a lot of books that read into how we evolved mm-hmm. that are in detail. And it seems like there was a gap. I forget where it was, but whether it was we were um you know, because obviously we evolved from chimpanzees and well, and well, according to what I, <laughs> I mean, you know more than I do, probably the experience. <laughs> not quite, but <laughs> but that that to me is so interesting because there's yeah. there's a gap in our history books that we jump from using sticks and stones as chimpanzees apparently to somehow now we're building structures in Egypt and Rome and you know there's there's a very small gap that yeah. something happened and a lot of people think it's because of you know we i we we found either ayahuasca dmt mushrooms and maybe that jump started the brain a little bit and the brain evolved there's been studies of that people are, mm-hmm. that's one hypothesis and one theory that yeah. that to me is super fascinating because we we might not ever know the truth unless you do it yourself like you said and you have these experiences yourself and we're able to go into these different dimensions because there's just so many speculatory things out there that it's hard for us to understand, right? Like we're, we're still the kid believing in Santa Claus. Like, yeah. how are we ever going to know if there is one? So I'll, okay. I'll share, share with you some big stuff. And, um, yeah. this came, this also came from the, this was a learning I got from the last ceremony I had. Um, it was big and it was, it was, uh, I've had many experiences similar, but this showed me the entire structure of, you know, what earth is from multiple dimensional experiences. So, I'll get to the alien thing now, though, because I want to share that. So yeah. there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of different beings. So you you talked about time tra- you know, time traveling humans, for example. Yes, there's not necessarily humans from Earth, but possibly, you know, we'll say possibly another another realm where like human human beings, for example. Okay, I'll share the human structure, not just the physical structure. A lot of people think oh, I'm a human being, therefore I'm this body. This body is a symptom of an energetic structure on a subtler plane and then multiple layers of frequency and energy and vibration. And from that perspective, my perspective of what I've seen, it's the most intricate and perfect creation that that we've created. And when I say we, I mean we from a an energetic standpoint, you know, being, you know, imagine yourself as an energy being collectively creating the most perfect thing you possibly can. And it's this human being so that you can come into this earth that you also created every single thing from every little blade of grass to how the wind blows, what it feels like, etc., so that you could experience this human life. And, and people ask why I was like, Be- because we, we wanted to create this experience so that we could evolve ourselves and experience ourselves and on a denser plane because we're so subtle in those other planes that we can't experience certain things that you can only experience 
from this earth dimension. Like you, so what I experienced is like, there, this is so special, what, what's created here, because on those other planes, you can experience so many things, but you can't experience human life like you do here. Um, with the mind, with everything, it's incredible. Like the feel, the touch, the love. The feel, the touch, like this is such a limited to the human experience. When you're, a, when you're out of the human body and you're in a much subtler form, which is closer to your conscious form, you, you can't touch like that. You can do many other things and you can experience many things. You can't, this is such a special thing. That's why so many beings want to be a human being and evolve in that form to dumb it down for me and all the idiots out there but how i've heard it described uh to friends that have gone through experiences is almost imagine that your brain because your brain is everything right without your brain you can't function right imagine if your brain was in a lab in a big container so you're able to have thoughts feelings like you can do the things the brain can do but you don't have appendages you can't you can't uh, pick up a glass. You can't feel the love of somebody. So it's almost like the consciousness is you just kind of looking at everything and not being able to do anything. Us as the human form, we're able to have more than all these senses, but now we're able to do all these different things with the same yeah. brain, but we have everything else connected. Is that kind to of- To a degree, because yeah. yes, in a, in a way, but also, not to say that this is the best <laughs> experience like for example like in those other dimensional experiences you're in a higher consciousness state like you can you can transfer energy between beings you can do all sorts of you know you can have many experiences telepathic in form as well yeah it, it's it's faster it's subtler it's different and and it's just as real um but we've created this space so here here's how we can talk about it when you think of aliens or extraterrestrials. We say extraterrestrial because it's not within this terrestrial realm, which is the earth. And so you can have beings, human beings who have evolved to a degree, whether in a different timeline, because there's parallel dimensions, et cetera, and they have created devices that they can condense time. So for example, time has to be looked at in a very different way too. We experience time because we keep time. If you stopped keeping time, you would stop experiencing time in the same way and things would become much more condensed or longer. And so through this experience, now you can start to basically barely understand that time isn't something that's so linear. It's well, we it's made very, it up. Yeah. It's we created a linear graph of time. Right. If you lived forever, for example, time would kind of be irrelevant, right? You know, like it'd be only relevant for scheduling things, but we'd have a very different experience of time if we lived forever and we knew that because now it wouldn't matter if you wasted a year of your yeah. life <laughs> because and, ah, I live forever. Yeah. So, and you know, again, a good example, not to keep interrupting, but a good example would no, be like okay. something along the lines of uh, if you're a dolphin, I mean, dolphins are much more intelligent than we are, studies show, uh, the conscious we are right now. The, a dolphin does not know if you've been gone for an hour or a year. And they're more intelligent than we are. It's because there's no concept of time there. So it's, again, it's it's not so far-fetched. Like people hear that, what you're saying, Nick, and they're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. No, think about it. There's, there's beings out there that are smarter than us, as you know, that telepathically can, can communicate, but they don't have a concept of time. So we only invented time. So to them, they don't give a fuck. So it's like, it's not, again, it's not so far-fetched. 
if you just take your if you take your body out of what we're talking about and you forget about all the things that we think we know, um, it's not so far fetched. And it's even more interesting. Life is even more interesting when you think about that type of stuff. It is. And when you start to really, you know, expand your mind beyond your current everyday consciousness and you start to experience it, you see like life is beautiful. It's fascinating. Your life is beautiful and fascinating. And if you can see that, then you start to want to take care of your body and go back to the other podcast. And you're like, how do I clean this thing up? Because the cleaner this vehicle, the more of those incredible experiences you can have. Yeah. Uh, But to get back to the aliens, because there's multiple layers to that. Yes, you can do the time thing, Mm -hmm. but then there's also multiple different higher advanced realms, if you will, or we'll call them planets. And those beings have certain devices and ships that they can get here. Now, here's a really cool thing. I, I love showing this to people because a lot of folks think that UFOs are a very recent thing. UFOs are have been documented for thousands of years and experienced. And so this is an ayahuasca book. Oh, oh. this is a great book, by the way. And what I love showing people, because this, is this isn't the greatest picture because he, he shared other ones. But if you look up there. A little, little to your left. There you go. Little Hold UFO. It's on full screen here. Oh, yeah. Oh, that looks now, like fucking UFO. Now, in, in almost half of these, there's UFOs. And he actually, you know, talks about it in here, too, about these beings coming from different dimensions in order to impart wisdom and on sacred healing techniques or to actually do some healing in a ceremony themselves. So when an ayahuasquero is singing an Ikaro, sometimes beings from different dimensions will come to bless the ceremony or do a healing on somebody. And sometimes, sometimes people can actually have direct experiences of this. I've had many direct experiences of different beings coming and doing something on my body or in my energy structure that creates a reaction that like I've had my sinuses cleared and all sorts of things. We could talk, talk about for hours. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and if I didn't have it to is. go uh, for a dinner reservation, I would want to fucking keep doing this. So th- that, that to me is like, what's, what's super exciting about having these experiences. So you've, mm-hmm. you've felt these experiences each time you've done ayahuasca or some form of it, I would imagine, where these beings in these different dimensions. Yeah, not every time do I, you know, again, every ceremony is different. Uh, but in, in many ceremonies, I've communicated with and even seen, I've even painted, you know, uh, a being, uh, kind of a race of beings that I met, which are hyper intelligent. Yeah, I have a picture of them that I painted after a ceremony, which is really cool. There's no an amphibious being that used these pod like machines, but they, they were, again, they were telepathic and how they communicated. So they, they shared all this and then they took me around all these different portals and it was, it was intense. But, um, Fucking and great. again, once you're in that ceremony, when I say take you around, I was like, you're not physically going, but you're in your, your energy body. And so you are traveling, like actually closer to who you are. It mm. is traveling around this body, this physical body is you know, something that we your enter into in a state. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot to the whole alien conversation. There's many, mm. many layers and dimensions to that, as you can see there. There's ones that are multi multi-dimensional. There are those that are parallel timelines. And so what do you think is happening with all this stuff that the government is finally releasing all this? Like what, I mean, do you think it's just, you know, drones from fucking Russia or do you think it's whatever these beings might be? Maybe they've, they've come to our quote unquote dimension or our, our, our timeline, however you want to do it. If you're a nerd and want to talk about multiverse, you know, like what do you think people are seeing? Cause for me, I've always wondered in particular, 
if there is beings out there on this planet and they're just hanging out, I think they're shacking up in the water, you know, like underneath, yeah. like in the water, either the core of the planet, quote unquote, the core of the planet, or actually physically underwater. Because it's so weird to me that the government decided to stop about 50 years ago uh, exploring the ocean. Mm-hmm. Like they literally just said, stopped. It's too dangerous. So then they come up with a fucking government agency to go to space in the 60s. That's less dangerous than going in the water. It's mm-hmm. to me, it didn't make any sense. Like, so I've always been fascinated with all these sightings and everything. It's always typically near the water. Um, there's been a lot of things where they'll dive right into the water and they're, you know, zero to yeah. 60 and fucking point zero 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 one second. Like, what, what do you think is going on? Yeah, there's, there's a few different aspects to that. So, um, first aspect is a lot of these UFOs and we call them UFOs. Let's call them a flying saucer, what they really are. Um, you right. know, flying saucer, this goes back to Nazi Germany. It, you can look this up. They actually successfully created flying saucers. Mm-hmm. They didn't stop creating flying saucers. In fact, there's like a whole program. You can go real deep into this where the U S government, you know, extracted and hired a whole bunch of German, German scientists and continued this work for many, 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 many years, still to this day and have successfully created these devices that are anti-gravity devices. You know, I, I say gravity, but yeah, <laughs> anyways, we're going to that. Um, they're, they're flying devices yeah. that can, you know, zip around and yeah, there's all sorts of cool stuff. Um, regarding that that the u.s government has access to and and so a lot of those sightings too could very well just be government agencies who who have those Test but out, yeah. so you can kind of tell the difference because a lot of the ufo sightings that are from other systems or from different dimensions like dimensional ufos will always appear as like sparkling lights right not not like you can't see like a physical object it'll just be like this random orb type thing floating because they can only manifest themselves through energy mm. and so that that and so they're sort of viewing and doing different things on the earth some are benevolent some are not and um so so the ones that also like you said diving into the ocean doing things like that could be either could be both mm. but there certainly is also evidence about subterranean civilizations meaning civilizations under the earth and under the water i say under the earth but like within the earth and also within the water and in fact there's something they they're finally dripping this part out now um one of those subterranean civilizations or cities was found in china recently they're releasing that i saw so it's funny because they drip this out you know there's a lot of evidence if you go digging you can find remarkable amounts of pictures and articles and, and things from 1800s discoveries that were covered up Antarctica go check out Antarctica like um some of those explorations and then of course the guy you know the main guys always die and then covered up um well and there's an entire fucking treaty that keeps us away from Antarctica that that circles the entire by the way hold on real quick that is fucking crazy to me because I've always wanted to talk about this and we'll have to have a whole conspiracy uh theory podcast you and me but what is (laughs) what is even more crazy is this planet all these different countries and organizations, we've never agreed. We can't even agree on climate change. We can't agree on anything right. except for don't go to Antarctica. No. It's fucking bananas. Like you can't. It's weird. It's, it's too dangerous. No, no. They just say it's off limits because we want to preserve it. Hold on. So you want to preserve that, but you're going to destroy Yosemite Park? Like you're going to yeah. fuck up 
parts of California, but you want to preserve Antarctica? There's no one there. What do you need to preserve? It's a little right. fishy. It is. No. And, and there's there's some things that have been found there too that that you know, like pyramids and tombs and just different stuff. So Crazy stuff. Yeah. And yeah. also, oh man, I'll didn't share they, with you. Somehow. Yeah. Didn't they? Uh, they and I think they just recently was it the North Pole or, or it might have been Antarctica, but there was something that they discovered some life form that was frozen like a okay. mile down. I think it was either the Chinese that that figured it out. Did you hear about that? I haven't. No. Yeah, it was something. Yeah, so I guess something broke off and they dug into it and they found like it was like microorganism, not like it was a mm-hmm. fucking, you know, elephant or anything. But yeah. it's interesting that we're finding life in these ice sculptures that have survived millions of years. You know, right. these whether it's parasites or whether it's, you know, it's a life form. I mean, no matter mm-hmm. how you slice it, something lived in there and we all started, depending on what you believe, we all started as some form of life. So the fact that we're finding things in places that we've never been before, like what else is out there? So yeah, Antarctica is one of those things yeah. where it's a, it's definitely squirrely, and uh, oh yeah, and same thing with the I, ocean. I have a lot to share about that. Oh fuck yeah, do we got? Let's just do a whole conspiracy theory. We'll pick like five top conspiracy theories, and we'll break yeah. them down, and we'll talk about them, and you know, is there truth? Is there, you know, what you've experienced? Yeah. Um, all that stuff would be interesting. Cool. That sounds yeah. good. Well, th- this was fun, man. This got deeper than uh, I expected. Yeah. It, it went a little beyond ayahuasca, but hey, that's that's where this podcast was meant to go. That's fun. right. Well, you know, and again, I think that's the point of ayahuasca, right? Like if you had to, if you had to cliff note it and, you know, what's the purpose of it? It's to get out of your current form and mm-hmm. to experience what you don't know, right? Like if you had to say a sentence of ayahuasca, like if you had to pick one sentence. Probably just say... Um, consciousness expansion ultimately that's what you're you're doing and when you expand your consciousness little by little even even a little bit you expand to a degree of knowing and knowingness that you didn't have before and essentially Mm -hmm. that's what you're doing and one thing really if you sum it all up we're, we're all attempting to evolve by becoming more conscious of of ourselves and of mm. all, everything outside of ourselves so everything within and outside we're always trying to expand our consciousness that's so, true. and that's a very consciousness expanding experience or can be. And, you know, again, it, it's not too far fetched because you only know what you know mm-hmm. and you only know what you've been told, right? Like if you don't experience it yourself, you only know what you've been told. So I always say the Santa Claus reference because that that's the easiest one is you're so confident as a kid that there's a Santa. Like if you can think back then what you were going through, there yeah. was no doubt there was a Santa. No fucking doubt. No doubt at all. 15 kids could say, my my daddy's Santa. And you're like, dude, you're fucking crazy, bro. There's a Santa. Yeah. I've seen him, okay? He's been in my house, bro. I know there's a Santa. Yeah. But then somehow, five years later, 10 years later, whenever you, then you're like, oh, there's no more Santa. I believe it. And I, I don't really remember my experience of it because I think it was so traumatic that my brain just <laughs> yeah. quite blocked out. <laughs> exactly. But you yeah. were so confident in it, and I think that's how we have to start thinking about a lot of different stuff because more and more shit's coming out to your point about the government. It's like they're dripping this stuff out, and it's a little squirrely. Yeah, So it yeah. sure is. And, and so I, I do want to end with one more thing, though. You know, a lot of people listening to this heard a lot of things here, um, maybe excited and, and thinking about. Um, going to a ceremony themselves. These days, there's a lot of opportunity to go to ceremonies, especially here in California. Like they have, you know, registered churches, you know, churches that yeah. serve ayahuasca. The important thing, 
here is there's different forms of ayahuasca. So there's the traditional way of making ayahuasca with the two plants. A lot of people though are manipulating that, adding different plants in their tobacco, per, per, other purgatives, other psychotropics like toe, which can be very dangerous. Finding a uh, an ayahuasquero who uses the pure two plants, really important. It's just really important. I won't go too deep into it now, but just think that way. The other thing, which is the most important is if somebody says they're in training or they're, they're still working on you know, like becoming a shaman or an ayahuasquero, mm. don't drink ayahuasca with them. Okay. This isn't something you screw with. And, and the thing is, is when you open yourself up, when you drink the medicine, you open yourself up to dimensions beyond which are usually closed up and locked. You open yourself up and you kind of invite in a lot of energies. If there's an unqualified shaman who doesn't have powerful Icaros, doesn't have the intelligence and intuition to, you know, ward off certain things and invite different things to do healing, you expose yourself to possible harm. Not, you know, and, and it could be, phys- you know, not, usually it's not physical harm, but energetic harm will manifest into the physical. So, you know, something comes or you could have, you know, people call it a bad trip. That right. trip is essentially dark energies entering a ceremony where they shouldn't be there. If you have a bad trip, it means you weren't protected. And so a, a great shaman, a qualified shaman has the power, personal power. They've done lots of dietas, lots of sacrifice, personal sacrifice to gain power to protect the space. So drink with somebody, you know, if, if you're going to, who is highly qualified, has their own Icaros, isn't playing it. I've heard of ceremonies where people were playing Icaros on like a little radio thing. Like, oh my God, Jesus. that's not... That's not a ceremony. It's, it's dangerous to be involved in things like that. So have some discernment, be careful, look for somebody who's qualified, who, who also resonates with you. Don't be naive. There's a Mm -hmm. lot of shamans who are qualified, but are also, we call them brujos, you know, they're dark, um, or they have an aspect of themselves that are dark and they may attract different entities that are of a darker energy. And you don't want that in a ceremony like this. You want healing, you want love, Mm -hmm. you want expansion. You don't need to be dealing with other people's demons. You may have to deal with your own. Yeah. You know? And and is there uh you know, is there a resource or something they could do to like a directory? No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> a directory. An ayahuasca um, Google or something. Can people reach out to you? Do you know? Um, sure, sure. I know um, you've mentioned I'm very yeah, I'm it again, like some people are very public about it. I'm the people you know, I, I'm friends with now are very invite only kind of thing, just keeping it intimate like sure. that. But I, if somebody is genuinely interested, then yeah, you can re- That's okay. Okay. Um, I don't suspect there'll be many, so it'll be okay. Yeah. 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 I don't think uh, people got the balls right now to, to do something kind of. Screwed <laughs> uh, don't coax them though. Don't tell them that now they're <laughs> like, Oh yeah, you don't think so. Yeah. But it's definitely something uh, I plan to, to do. So I'll, I'm going to take you up on that as well, especially because it's so Great. close. But yeah, that's that's something that's yeah. very interesting, and you know, I think it, it it to some people it's scary, but to others, it's more you know I'm curious, right? Like if I only got seventy years on this earth, right, then I want to figure out what the fuck is is going on. You know, there's yeah. there's a thousand religions out there. Literally, there's over a thousand. Um, you're told if you're Christian that that's the way to go, right? If you're Jewish, that's the way to go. Like that's wouldn't it be shitty if like it was something different? And you didn't know, you know, like that's why me personally, I'm agnostic, uh, only because I just don't know. Right. But I'm, I'm curious and I try to do my research on all different religions and all different things. You know, that just means that I believe in one less religion than you. 
Ricky Javier says something really great that I resonate with, which is, you know, if you're Catholic, there's a thousand other religions out there, right? So I don't believe in one less religion than you because you don't believe yeah. in those other religions, right? So it's not really, everyone's kind of atheist, really, except for one religion. They're just picking one yeah. religion to figure it out. And I think they're the easiest way to get there right now, as we know, is through ayahuasca and TMT and things like that, is the getting mm-hmm. out of your your body form and figuring out. Yeah, and, and that's where we're at. And actually, this is a step towards human evolution, too. We're at a phase where we've become less dogmatic. At least a lot of the youth has become more experimental with consciousness and less dogmatic about what we must do. Uh, one thing that one thought is, you know, religion is man's attempt to control God. That's essentially, you know, if you want to use the word God, mm, religion is essentially man's attempt to control God and create rules and impositions. Because, you know, when you experience the divine, I'll call, I'll separate this, the divine experience in an ayahuasca ceremony or in a moment of enlightenment or a moment of very high meditation, whatever, in a moment of just bliss, you know, like some people can experience it just like they're in such a state of bliss. They're on vacation. They're staring at a sunset over a lake and it's so tranquil. And all of a sudden they just feel so whole that that feeling comes from within all all religions are except for a couple are essentially saying that God is outside of you. You must obey these certain things in order to, you know, get into the the, the goody goody place. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I forget who says that. It's kind of funny. <laughs> but like you said, we're experimenting more with ayahuasca and just diff- different psychotropics. Those are coaxing us to go within. And you experience yourself when you're like in an ayahuasca ceremony, you're not just dancing around and running around. You don't have your eyes open. You're not like looking at, you know, people and things like that. You're doing what you're, you're sitting in one place closing your eyes the only thing you can do in that state is go deeper within and when i say within i'm not talking about the physical body i'm talking about going deeper to a layer you know a subtler dimension of consciousness this Great. is very powerful time for us to be because essentially we will be you know i i imagine more people will be less religious but more spiritual mm, that's less dogmatic mm, yes more inclusive and and more open-minded as well you know, yeah. I think that's spiritually being spiritual and being open-minded kind of go hand in hand, mm-hmm. you know, because you're kind of letting it in as opposed to preaching out, yeah. which exactly. that's, that's more dogma, which is, you know, telling people, Hey, this is the way it's supposed to go. But no one right. really knows. That's like, that's like someone saying, Hey man, you should go to Florida because of all the pretty beaches and stuff. And you're like, have you ever been? You're like, no. <laughs> what? How do you know there's exactly. beaches there? <laughs> So. Well, there's in a picture book, I, you know, there's lots of pictures, there's documentation, yeah. there's fairly big words that say, you know, and like, these are important people because I was told they're very important people. Right. So it's got to be. So they have to be. <laughs> hmm, sound familiar? Yeah. Um, all right. Good, dude. That, that's a good way to end it. But Nick, this was all fun, right. man. Let's, we'll definitely it do a was. conspiracy theory podcast. <laughs> we're just, uh, we're just going to be doing podcasts forever. We're going to yeah, come dude. up with something else after that. It's great. I love how uh, we're just going to, we might as well just do a whole series of like you and me talking about weird shit. That would be cool. Yeah. That sounds fun. I love um, that. Yeah. But this was fun, man. Thanks for the time. And uh, cool. I'm going to leave your social media links up there for people that are just listening though. Oh, Where cool. can they find you though? Thanks. Uh, yeah. Um, you can find me. Instagram's a good place right now. I've been posting uh, more you know, things like sort of what we talked about today on Instagram. So my handle's right there, you know, Nick Hobner, just yeah. at Nick Hobner. Hobner. And then, yeah, that's a good place to like, to message me too, if there was any 
inquiry like we talked about. Well, Nick, thanks again, man. Uh, enjoy your weekend, and uh, we'll talk after this. Yeah, sounds good. All right, dude. Peace.